Say hello to the night. We're lost in the shadows. This is an interview for Peep Magazine. We're here with Bard Bone Custom Paint. We're at the top of Shields Road. He's got an exhibition with his, with his work called Creature Cult Art Show. We're here with him now. We're sitting with him. What I failed to mention is um, Bard Bone Custom Paint is a professional airbrush artist and custom painter uh, from Newcastle. We're going to take the time, we're going to have a look through all this work and um, yeah man, so Bad Bond Custom Paint. No problem, nice to meet you. Brilliant. We've been aware of some very suspicious vampire activity in the area. Uh, do you know anything about this? Right, um, you get a few types in South Shields maybe so you can call vampires like I suppose, yeah. Have you have you met any, any vampires yourself? Uh, a few in Whitby and that, yeah. Uh, Romania and the Carpathian Mountains and the <laughs> really been about like that's for sure. <laughs> do you wanna uh, do you wanna elaborate on it? Uh, just I don't know. Um, I, I, there used to be a place in Manchester. Uh, it was called the Coliseum, and there was a really cool shop in there. And it was called Bats. And had these like goths that used to work there, and they were blatantly like proper vampires. They were in like this proper vampire society and stuff like that. It's quite interesting, but uh, yeah. Have you have you always been interested in the macabre and uh, vampire esque nostalgia kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of eighties kind of cult classics I grew up on were massive inspiration, and I mean, one of my favourite films, you know, like The Lost Boys and that. How can you not like that film? You know, the fashion, just the whole concept of it all was like really well done and I think even now a lot of these newer films like Twilight and stuff they're just kind of pathetic vampires you know um, I think it's hard to like outdo that film you know um, just for all even the practical effects and things like that it was quite simplistic but it worked really well you know yeah it's still it's still kind of um, it still kind of stands the test of time doesn't it Definitely, yeah. I think a lot of that 80s stuff kind of does as well. And it's sort of, it's got like a really nice charm to it, you know, that I think that's kind of missing from a lot of films and stuff now. Everything's just kind of like watching sort of a video game now, you know, um, with the amount of CGI and stuff they use in it. I just don't think it's, I, I think it, it doesn't have that charm and it doesn't have that grace that the practical effects always had really, you know. Got you, got you. We're going to go way back to The Devil's Castle, 1896. German Expressionism, 1920. Uh, Nosferatu, the Somnambulist, German Expressionism. The introduction to sound and music between the 1930s to the 40s. Uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, Night of the Living Dead coming up to the 1960s. David Cronenberg. And I'm just wanting to know, what films or horror movies introduced you to, to this art and uh, sculpture? Um, I think it was like a mixture of a lot of stuff, quite a lot of claymation and stuff. I was really obsessed with like animation and stuff when I was younger, um, where I'd even like make my own like claymation videos with like a really old stop motion camera. And it was stuff like that I got into, uh, and that kind of just rubbed off on us more, and I just got more obsessed with it. And that in turn sort of got us a lot into the sculpture side of things, so I would just kind of recreate a lot of the creations I'd see from like 
old 80s cheesy old like 80s horror stuff like you know um and 70s stuff things like that even some of the really old horror 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 hammer stuff um a lot of that was a massive inspiration you know um music you name it the list goes on you know anything that just really really inspired us I would obsess over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about Cronenberg and the um, originator of um, body horror and exploring body transformations? Has he been a... Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, the first time I saw um, American Werewolf in London, just the transformation sequence on that, I was like, it's still one of the best. And I was like, how did they even create this? Like, you know, and that was like... Pr- Free way any of this CGI stuff, you know. So, um, are you gonna say CGI shit there? Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, just I, th- I think stuff now is just done to death way too much with CGI, and I, I, I prefer a lot of the to practice a lot of the old traditional methods. Like I'm still kind of stuck in that way. I mean, I can transfer to other stuff, but you know, I just like the whole practical side of that rather than and actually creating something that isn't digital you know it's actually just created you know with your own bare hands basically yeah uh, evil dead 2 relied quite heavily on vfx and uh, artistic ability to carry the film would you say there is something more real about vfx back then opposed to cgi now yeah, I think over time it just grew even a bigger following, and it and even now it's like massive now how how big some of these old B movies were, you know what I mean? Became and how much of a following they became, and I just think like I think with a lot of the practical side of effects as well, it's because the stuff was actually there as well. It was physically there, and people had to build it. It was so much work, and everything was like involved. And that just always fascinated us. I was like, I want to be like these guys. Like, how do these guys make this stuff, you know? And I just was like, okay, I need to teach myself how to do this, you know? From a really young age, basically. Yeah, of course. And I think there's a lot to be said as well about... um Say, for instance, uh, you've heard of a film, The Illustrated Man, the uh, original. Oh, have you not heard of that? Um, it's basically the actor is Rob Steiger, and he, um, he plays like a bit of a whore, but I mean, it was maybe done in uh, like the 50s, I think. And it's, it's basically called, it's, it's been uh, adapted from a book, um, and it's called the, the Illustrated Man, and, and it's basically the guy has tattoos all over his body, and he, and, he, and he bumps into someone in the outback and uh, the guy says don't look at me tattoos because they'll start telling you your future and every time he talks about them the guy it's a fascinating film every time every time he talks about these tattoos it goes back into a short film about the future the present the past but my point is um, I, like, I like a lot of that stuff like a lot of sci-fi and things to do with time travel and that's really interesting and even like fantasy stuff like films like Legend the, you know Ridley Scott film uh, with um, Tim Curry played like the Lord of Darkness and that that was like such a huge inspiration to a lot of my artwork um, at the time just the the prosthetics on on the devil thing were unbelievable like 
just um, just like I was saying, I think there's a lot to be said about um, when they were doing because uh, do you know when you get the like the director's cut, and then the director's kind of starts chatting about how we made it. Well, I think there's a massive difference between a team of people working on something opposed to like you know one one guy in front of a computer on CGI doing yeah, this and that. And then the uh, il- the uh, illustrated man, there was a whole team and they were, uh, and they were physically drawn the tattoos on the guy. Oh, right, right. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't say that now, they would just probably pop that on. Yeah, it was like, would have been like months and months of work and stuff. And I think that's what, like, in this city as well is important, that people should work together more, you know, as like a team and put like their egos aside and, you know, because you can create something a lot more powerful if everyone like joins together and, you know, creates something unreal you know like a big movement basically yeah, yeah. do you feel though with your work it's like it's kind of a lonely art because yeah if you don't do it it doesn't get done it, it can be at times yeah i mean i've had times where i've just been stuck in my studio and it's stuck in my drawing board you know and sometimes you do feel like you're kind of chained to it a bit you know when you've got certain amounts of like deadlines or whatever you know it can it can get quite a lot like you know but but generally I normally move past that and just try and stay focused as you can in it and have that drive you know to create as much interesting stuff as you can stuff that's going to inspire people really you know what I mean so yeah um with specializing in the macabre do you feel um it's difficult sometimes to switch off and then to close your eyes. Do you still see those imagery? Do you still see the, the imagery when you close your eyes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, especially when I've been working on some, like a piece for like months on end. Like I've just recently finished like a sculpture piece. It's like a mashup from The Thing and Reagan from The Exorcist. And I know when I'd been working on that a lot, just staring at the faces... I just basically had Reagan's face like imprinted in my brain for like days on end. So it was quite hard to like get that image out of my mind and just chill out and relax a bit, you know? <laughs> I mean, that film still kind of stands in the time. It definitely does, yeah. I mean, I know when it came out in, back in the day, there was people passing out and things like that in the cinema when they went to see it and stuff. So, I mean, that was a uh, horror that for the day. There was people run, running out uh, the cinemas and everything. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things as well about The Exorcist, like, that's kind of mysterious that happened on the actual film set as well. Like, the, the some of the film set burnt down, and the room where they had Reagan in uh, just didn't burn at all, which is kind of a bit unusual, you know? But the whole rest of the set completely burned down, and that was the only, like, set that was left where Reagan was, which is a bit spooky, like, if you ask me, but it just adds to the coolness of the... Movie, really, I guess. I think I've got the director's cut of that one as well. How it was talked about how lights came down when they were making some scene and it actually killed killed yeah, someone on. Yeah, there's loads of like strange things. Like a couple of people died on set and stuff. And it's like that uh, Poltergeist film as well. There was some a lot of weird things happened with that, which is another epic classic film, I would say. I mean, the, the all, you always hear about these things happening on these when the, when the film's about the occult or something, yes. or about uh, the supernatural. Yeah, I know with Poltergeist it was uh, because they used actual dead, like real skeletons in one of the scenes, which is like in the uh, swimming pool or something, and so apparently that kind of sort of cursed the film a little bit, you know. 
which is quite unusual. But have you have you um, experienced anything yourself? I have actually. Yeah. All right. Cool. I know when I was younger, I've lived in certain properties and had things like poltergeist and stuff like that, and and I lived in a friend's house, and I just kind of thought he was nuts, and he was like, "No, there's like an old lady ghost here, like." And it, he used to have a dog, and it used to like sit at the bottom of the stairs and like growl at the top of the stairs and things, and like weird things like plates flying out of cupboards and stuff. And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> Believe in a lot of the paranormal kind of stuff, like yeah, it's just really interesting. A lot of it, you know. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? Um, what still kind of sticks in my head is um, Sa- Salem's Lot. Whether where, where the young kid comes to the window, that's imprinted in me. A, a massive inspiration to a lot of my work is definitely a lot of Rob Zombie stuff, you know. I was always quite into the Beavis and Butthead stuff and that animation scene where he's, like, tripping on, on the peyote and that. Um, I just thought that the visuals and just his imagination's, like, crazy, and now he obviously does a lot more horror stuff now, um, like House of Thousand Corpses and things like that. I definitely like all the effects he creates, you know, because he still uses a lot of the old classic practical techniques in that, which I think is really cool. Brilliant, mate. It's actually great to see um, someone actually using an airbrush, you know, opposed to people just sitting in front of a computer doing CGI stuff or Photoshop stuff. And um, and, uh, how did you get into using the airbrush as something that you've always wanted to use? Uh, well, that's a really good point, what you're saying about like the airbrushing. A lot of people tend to use a lot of digital stuff now, you know, it's really massively digital paintings and stuff. So, like, airbrushing kind of now is a bit of a dying art form, you know. Um, but as for, like, getting into it, I've just always drawn since I was, like, a little kid, since I could basically hold a pencil, really. Um, and then I would always, like, just paint stuff, normal with, like, brushes. And then I got like some cheapy kind of Chinese copy sort of airbrushes and just messed around with that, and, like doing backgrounds and stuff. And then just practiced from that, really, and just never stopped doing it. I kind of just really liked how it felt, you know what I mean? It just felt really right, like when I was creating with it. Yeah, brilliant. Because Do you use ink? Because I, I actually used to use one years ago and um, I couldn't afford the ink because it was quite... I mean, I'm talking. Yeah. I mean, I use a variation, a lot of Createx paint, um, different ones, Vallejo. But I do use inks for like certain transparencies and stuff. If I want to create things like that, like um, yeah, then I'll use inks or just semi-opaque kind of or semi-transparent, different stuff like that. I mean, there's different ones you can get as well. A lot of ones for like horror effects. Like uh, Createx do a really good Bloodline series, and I use mainly a lot of Iwata airbrushes, which are basically pretty much the best on the market. I, I would say from all the airbrushes I've tried over the years, I would say definitely Iwata's the the the, the ones to use. Like cool, because um, I mean back in the day I used to have a, a badger. Yeah, I, I still yeah, but that, that's how I started when I start building up my equipment and decided to right i'll splash out get a bit of a better airbrush uh yeah i got a couple of badges and stuff like that because i knew they did quite good detail so i'm all i'm a major detail freak so you know <laughs> oh i mean uh, i'm on uh, i'm on the page where you're there like because i like i used to have one for years years myself and uh but i like i say i couldn't use the ink it's too expensive 
and then I started to use gouache paint and then I was mixing uh, mixing the uh, gouache down but then in turn the needle would get blocked a lot you have to clean the needle pull the needle out all the rest of it you know what are your go-to tools um mainly a lot of my airbrushing um I do a lot of pigment liner illustration pieces like kind of dot worky um sculpting obviously my sculpting materials so my hands and various sculpting tools I use I'd have to like show you really there's that thousands of different types um but yeah predominantly I mean I like to mix it up with some pieces it just depends how I feel or what kind of vibes I'm getting off the piece I'm creating at the time you know what I mean so how how do you how do you decide on a piece when you think about it, you formulate it in your brain. Do you do you watch a couple of films and think I'm going to do that? Uh, possibly, yeah. Sometimes it can be a film, or I'll see a piece of artwork, and then I'm just like, oh right, I'm inspired, and then that just gives me a nice idea. Or I can just be sitting, just lying about on my bed, and ideas generally just pop into my head. You know, I just try and. I try and outdo myself with like every piece I do. I try and top it if I can, you know, or try and create a masterpiece if I can, you know. And I think what what we haven't touched on as well is your kind of drawing skill, your skills in pointillism and uh, illustration and stuff. I've seen one that caught my eye. I think could it be from um, the Running Man when his head splits? Yeah. T- uh, total recall, mate. <laughs> Two weeks, you know, when, uh, when he's wearing that woman's head <laughs> comes apart and stuff. Classic. Yeah, epic film, man. Like, that's another massive inspiration, that film. Like, uh, just all the, like, weird characters and stuff like that in it, you know. Things like that, like, really inspire us, you know. Just, like, new and sort of fresh ideas. I mean, I know that's an old film now, but the ideas at the time were just, like, way out there kind of shit, you know what I mean? Can I ask what what is the process of of getting the I kind of I can get my head around how you paint it, but how do you get the actual heads, the sculptures? Where where does that come from? Is it are you using are you sculpting them yourself? Are you using a three D printer or or what? Sometimes I'll I will sculpt sculpt them myself, and sometimes I'll just buy a, a blank basically. Um, it just depends how I feel or how much time I've got and things like that. But I find I'll generally like sculpt a lot with um, it's like a monster clay, it's um, like an oil-based sort of clay that never kind of cures, you know. So I'll make like a mother sculpt of that, and then basically um, coat it in silicone, and then make a cast out of resin from that. And but I am a good question about the 3D print, and I'm going to start moving more into that sector as well. But mix that as well with traditional sculpting, so I can like mash up kind of sculpt, you know, and print stuff and that and sculpt stuff and mix it together, you know, just to create something really unusual. You know what I mean? <laughs> Have you thought about going into uh, custom painting cars and tanks and bikes and all this? Yeah, I mean, I've done quite a lot of bikes in the past. Um, it, it just varies with that. I've done vans, you name it. Like, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff I've been asked to paint, you know what I mean? But I'll paint it. Uh, it's good. I'm, I'm trying to move in as well to more, like, the electronic music side of things as well. 
as a spin-off from the guitars I used to paint a lot. I used to paint a lot of like custom airbrush guitars. To name a few, I did like some quite big band from New Orleans and that. I did like a Jaws guitar. And he's like signed to a major record label like Century Media and that. Went out on tour with them and things like that. So that was that was crazy. <laughs> the lifestyle gets a bit mad. Like I mean, it's calmed down a bit these days, but you, you've got to you've got to be careful not to get swept up in all the the crazy lifestyle of painting bikes and guitars. Yeah, you know, it's it's the people you meet as well. Like you just meet some amazing characters, like different clients and stuff. And could you maybe talk about your signature pieces? like the process and, and about how you've done this and that. So off the top of my head, can we talk about the image from The Thing? From The Thing, yeah. Uh, well, that's a massive inspiration for me, like, definitely. Um, so I, I kind of made, like, a bit of a mashup kind of sculpture. Is that, is that what you're talking about, the Reagan, the Titan Exorcist and The Thing? Um, the Thing, what's upside down? Is yeah, that, is that uh, from... The spider head, the yeah. not Norris spider head, that's the one. <laughs> Yeah, um, just that scene from that, I was like, a, I just basically made a silicone sculpt of it, you know. Um, kind of had a little bit of a head sculpt that I'd made that was a face cast that sort of looked a bit like him. And then I had to just sculpt onto that and just kind of change the form a little bit and play around with it. And, like, add, like, ripped bits out of its neck and things like that, you know. Just, like, mess about with it, really, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the Reagan, the um, is it the like the double heads? Uh, it's what's it? Like you know the split face of the thing, so it's like a mixture from that and Reagan as well. Um, but the inspiration from that just come from me, me love of both the films really, and just like weird like creatures and that that like John Carpenter and that used to create that were just like total nightmare fuel basically. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of them are, like, months and months worth of work, you know. So you've got to have stupid amounts of, like, patience. Especially with, like, airbrushing, you know. Just to get stuff before, like, to get it to please the eye, you know. It, it takes a lot of... A lot of my process is just gradually building up all the layers of paint, you know. Different transparencies and things like that. Just to give it the kind of look that I'm after, you know. It, it's quite hard to kind of explain, really, you know. <laughs> Um, I, d- I did a few um, like a Robocop versus Terminator I don't know if people remember the old Mega Drive game so I thought oh I fancy doing something off that you know we'll have a bit mash up have them having a, like, a bit of a battle and stuff like Ed 209 and the Hunter Killers and stuff like that Yeah, just like Jim Cameron like amazing even the way he does stuff now I think even with CGI's it's pretty high tech some of the stuff he's doing now you know even a lot of a lot of the CGI stuff, he's like, I know the new Avatar film. He's kind of brought new ground on some new technology that we're using. We're doing some CGI stuff underwater and things like that. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. Oh yeah, about the DJ. I plug uh, my mate Connor as well, uh, Kavik. Kavik, uh, he does a lot of dark uh, techno and industrial music, so he's going to get some really heavy vibes going tonight. Like so, yeah, it's just going to be some nice cool horror themed scary sounding music <laughs> to, to complement the artwork basically <laughs> hi mate I wish you I wish you the best of luck and uh, nice I, I really admire your work uh, really it, nice meeting you mate and it's been nice to do an interview and have a bit chat about a little bit of the process I mean I could be here for days you know with the process so.
and I don't want to give all my trade secrets to here. Like, <laughs> you'll you'll go to the grave with them. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no, maybe if I have a kid one day, I'll I'll pass it down. The next bad boon in Brian. <laughs> hey, absolutely brilliant, and uh, really good to meet you. Thanks very much, man. <laughs>